Welcome to Communicore Weekly, the greatest online show. I'm George. And I'm Jeff. And it's our season one finale. Yay! Isn't this exciting? This is exciting. Oh, I was doing the crowd noise. Didn't you tell me to do the crowd noise? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I thought we were just going to add the special effects later to, <laughs> to make it more big and so you exciting. budget for the last episode of the season. Well, yeah. I mean, we clearly didn't use it for the rest of the, the year, so we're just going to waste it all now. <laughs> A whole year. But, you know, we, you know we, we did a lot this year, and we really wanted to thank everyone that's helped us along this journey, including you guys, the listeners and the viewers who have been with us, hopefully, from the beginning and stuff. I don't know. Maybe we been. Yeah, I mean, we're not ending, obviously, so you can continue listening to us. I mean, that'd be fantastic. But, like, Steve <laughs> and Andy of Communicore Weekly Orchestra, all the guests we had, uh, mm-hmm. Dusty and Fishbulb of Mice Chat, especially for helping us out with the live show. Yep. Um, all the cool new friends we made, like uh, WGW Kingdom Cast. I mean, we love you guys. So thanks for listening to us. We, we really appreciate it. Yes, we do. Very much so. <laughs> you, you sounded hesitant there. <laughs> well, while we're, we're talking about how much fun we're having, we also have new shirts for sale, and it's awesome. And it's designed by the, the very talented Jerry Winkler. Um, cool logos. You can check them out, kubinacoreweekly.com. It's a five-legged goat, guys. In... But it says our our name inside the five legged goat. That's that's pretty awesome. It's like I, an enigma. It is on, on a t shirt wrapped inside of a box that will be delivered to you if you buy it. You know what it's like, George? It's like what? that movie you didn't see, Inception. Brum. It's on my Netflix queue. I'm I'm gonna keep bringing back jokes because so I, till you see it, till you see it. Oh, you, you know we haven't had a Rick Astley joke in a while. We need to we need to fix that. It's time for Disney History! So it's only taken us 52 weeks, but we're finally going to explore our namesake, and that is Communicore, which was the hub of Epcot Center, both geographically and conceptually. Um, It was a pavilion dedicated to all the technological advances that were found at Epcot and brought together nearly all the ideas and concepts that were explored in Future World, Um, and it really complemented the experiences offered by all the other pavilions. For example, the energy exchange was located in the part of Communicore that was closest to the universe of energy, which allowed guests to further explore the concept of energy after exiting that pavilion. Mm -hmm. Instead of a gift shop. Yeah, which which they have now. Exactly, but that's okay. So Communicore was short for, any guesses out there? Oh, good, yeah, you in the blue shirt, that was good. Short for Community Core, and occupied two semi-circular buildings behind Spaceship Earth at the center of Future World. And the two buildings were known as Communicore East and West, and they housed rotating exhibits. Uh, because it debuted at the beginning of the computer era as we know it, the emphasis throughout Communicore was primarily on educating the public about computers, because they were very, very scary at the time. <laughs> very scary. Uh, the featured exhibit, and one that was uh, 
most fondly remembered by people was a tour through Epcot Computer Central, which was the computer hub of Epcot Center that ran almost everything throughout the entire park. The, the original version of this was called the Astuter Computer Review. I was waiting to see if anybody would sing it, but I guess not. Okay. And featured a song by the Sherman Brothers titled The Computer Song. It has the distinction of being the shortest lived attraction at the park because it was quickly updated and reopened as backstage magic. Now, other exhibits inside Communicore East included Compute a Coaster, The Great American Census Quiz, Get Set Jet, and The Flag Games. And they all featured, get this guys, brand new touchscreen technology. Wow. We don't, you know, those would be nice if we had that on our phones. Yeah, I would I would really like a phone that had text uh, touchscreen technology. But maybe maybe someday we'll, we'll maybe get it, guys. The, yeah. the future's coming, I promise. Um, also featured in Communicore East was the travel ports and the electronic forum, where one could take the Epcot poll, which was an interactive uh, census on popular issues at the time. There was also the population clock, which was a device that displayed a rough estimate of the population of the United States at that exact second. Uh, Communicore East was also the residence of Smart One Guys, the friendly <laughs> robot who used the latest in voice recognition technology to interact with the guest. I love Smart One. Only the ones that were wearing green t-shirts, right? Yes, green t-shirts named Jeff. <laughs> the very, t-shirts was, were named Jeff? Yes. Oh, okay. Very, That's very niche market. That is a very niche market. Well, so at Communicore West was FutureCom. Uh, sponsored by AT&T, that forecasted things like electronic commerce. I guess we call that e-commerce at this point in time. The no, future or or eBay, if you will. <laughs> oh, yeah, or eBay, good point. Uh, Expo Robotics and an educational resource center called, at various times, Epcot Outreach, Ask Epcot, and the Epcot Discovery Center. And it was actually run by librarians. Really? I didn't know that. Uh, Yes, yes, yes. Planned exhibits that were incorporated into the design of the buildings included a second floor, which was intended to house a people mover system, which would have let riders preview the features and attractions within Communicore. The buildings were also designed that that they could be easily expanded outwards, facilitating easy additions to expand the exhibit capacity of the attraction as a whole, uh, and probably including gift shops. Lots and lots of gift shops. (laughs) Yes, speaking of gift shops, Communicore East was also the home of the Centorium, the largest merchandise location in Epcot Center. The largest. Now, there were also two restaurants located there. The Stargate Restaurant in the northern quadrant of Communicore East and the Sunrise Terrace in the southern quadrant of Communicore West, which they were open for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Exactly, and I would have felt so much like Buck Rogers eating at the Stargate Restaurant. What, what about the, the guys from that movie, Stargate? I think that would be more applicable because it's the um, same name. Yeah, but back then, you know, who knew I, about Stargate? I can't even think of a quote from that movie. I'm sorry. I'm totally mm. nerd fail right now. Sorry. That's all right. At least it wasn't an obsession, obsession with Inception quote. Brom. Yeah, I knew that was coming. Okay, so in an effort to keep Epcot updated, Communicore, sadly, 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 was closed in January 1994 to be redesigned into Innoventions, a more modern and wild take on a science and technology pavilion. Thank you, Michael Eisner. The Stargate restaurant You're welcome. (laughs) We got him for one. Oh, that was a great cameo by Michael Eisner. Fantastic. (laughs) Told you we're blowing the budget for our our season finale one episode. So the, the Stargate restaurant became the electric umbrella, and the Sunrise Terrace was divided into the Pasta Piazza Ristorante and the Fountain View Espresso and Bakery. And I know why it was called the Fountain View. 
go figure. And could you see the fountain from there? Because you could view the fountain from there while drinking. Oh, coffee. you can't. You couldn't see. You could only view it. You can only view it. Okay, got it. Awesome. But in 2001, the Pasta Piazza closed, and the space sat vacant until 2006 when it was converted into the Epcot Character Connection, now known as the Epcot Character Spot, because we can't have a word with like three syllables in it. Apparently not. Too many of them. Uh, The Expo Robotics area became the Walt Disney Imagineering Labs, which closed in October of 97. And in June of 98, part of the former lab space became Ice Station Cool, which was recently redecorated and renamed Club Cool, a small, semi-small Coca-Cola-sponsored exhibit where one can try Coke products from around the world. Uh, And in 1999, Centorium expanded and became Mouse Gear, and we lost that amazing second floor of shopping. I know, it's so sad, so sad. But... Even with the closure of Communicure, uh, a few of the elements of the old attractions still remain untouched, with some of them remaining still to this day. Uh, for example, up until I think it was like 2007, 2008, you can see some of the old carpet, which was patterned after the original Communicure logo. Uh, additionally, you can still find some of the original exit signs scattered throughout Innoventions. And guys, I know some of you are wondering <laughs> what happened to the smart one. Okay. Well, I mean, after we, you know, he has this rich retirement now from all the money he gets from the shirts. Well, yeah, he's making mad bank from all the shirt money. But what happened was he was displayed in the Concourse Steakhouse at the Contemporary Resort near the Magic Kingdom until it was later sold off because, unfortunately, the smart one had an accident and he fell and he caused some minor damage. None of the guests were hurt. It was fine. But now he lives in somebody's home, sadly not mine. Yeah, and, of course, smart one makes such an amazing logo or statue for a restaurant especially a futuristic restaurant because it's a futuristic steakhouse maybe if he took your orders like hey smart one i want a medium rare steak and he'd be like does not compute does not compute what is a steak i am a robot (laughs) you'd have to go zero zero one one zero one one zero one 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 zero one one like that my head hurts He's a nerd, he's a geek, but we all like to hear him speak. So listen up to the words from his beat. It's George's Book of the Week. This week's book review, uh, we've got something a little bit different for you. Jeff and I both received review copies of probably one of the longest titles we've had. 396 pure, unadulterated, dyed-in-the-wool, 100% made-up, completely fake Disneyland facts by Horatio Q. Lyre, which is a great name. His parents did an amazing job naming him. Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of jealous, actually. I can think of. Uh, the book, I'm just looking at it right now, has 128 pages, and I didn't look at the publication date before, but it is publication date of 2012, which is phenomenal. Um, this book was a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's not full of pictures, so we can't really talk about how amazing the photos were, but there's some great illustrations by Mary Cancilla, and I hope I'm not massacring her name. But the introduction alone talks about the Disney fans and who this book is actually aimed at, and I think it's fairly important. Uh, it says Disneyland fans can generally be divided into five groups. Casual fans who visit occasionally, annual pass holders who visit multiple times, the semi-obsessed who visit weekly or when their busy blogging schedule allows daily, the bifurcated fanatics, 
uh, who split their devotion between Disneyland and other obsessions. This group includes cast member cosplayers, Mousketrekkies, Pooh Furries, and Mickey's Bronies. Beautiful. And the complete Disneyland fanatics who devour every bit of available information on the park, hunger for more, and really shouldn't be spoken to by anyone who doesn't have a copious free time for the Haunted Mansion minutia and Jungle Cruise in jokes. <laughs> and he said the book is dedicated to the latter group. I think this is true. Actually, anybody's going to enjoy this book. Um, it's basically 396 uh, one liners, I guess we can say, and it's broken up into areas. And I think we're going to share a few of these is probably the best way to do the review. Yeah, before we even, like, share them, I just had to say it's kind of hard to review a book like this where it's filled with just one-liners, except from saying that I can't even tell you how many times I burst out laughing, like, reading this book. Like, out loud, legit <laughs> belly laughter, because the things in there were so funny. Even if you're not, like, a hardcore Disney fan, some of these quote-unquote facts are just so hilarious that... They're just, they're genius. They're pure genius. So there's a little bit of truth ground in there. Yes. Yes. And there's a lot of snark, which we like. So it fits perfectly with the Communicore Weekly guys, us and the Communicore Weekly cadets. Yes, exactly. So, so the first one we'll share is number 31. Disneyland has held the title of happiest place on earth ever since it opened in 1955. Before that, the title holder was the Everett County, Florida home for the pleasantly delusional. And they're so simple that they're funny. By the way, I didn't realize you were going to pick, tell them what fact number it was. Oh, I didn't write down my fact the, numbers. The first one so they could they could read that one and, and feel like, like they tuned with us. Okay. All right. I yeah. got I got to share one. This is not entirely PC, but it's probably my favorite one in the entire book. And it's all the horses on the King Arthur carousel are white because the real King Arthur was notoriously racist. <laughs> I swear to you, I laughed for a good five minutes when I first read that one. These are the type of things that you will find in the book. They are fantastic. Um, another one talks about the least popular par parades in the history of Disneyland. Um, I'll just read a few of them. Smell Sational, The Flashlight Procession, Hanukkah Fantasy, <laughs> which, Chernobog's Victory Parade, The Main Street Electrical Parade, Noontime Edition, <laughs> And the very minimal Christmas parade, which I just love that one. That one is wonderful. Absolutely. Uh, um, got another one, which has a lot of truth to it, and uh, will we'll make you take pause. Uh, it's about Walt Disney's apartment. Walt Disney's apartment above Main Street, above the Main Street Fire Station, has a light ever burning in the window as a constant reminder that he was afraid of the dark. <laughs> So you get into them and you're thinking, oh, yeah, this is like a real type trivia or fact book. And it's like, oh, no, it's not. Not at all. It's, it's very funny, though. One, one more for me. I just have to throw, throw this one on there because I think it's very timely, too. Haunted Mansion was the world's first public display of animated projected holograms. Though it appeared in the mid-1960s in the park, it was not used elsewhere at the time because Walt took the secret with him to his grave. The technique was rediscovered by Tupac Secure in 2012. <laughs> <laughs> That's all, really funny. Which is brilliant. Um, one about, uh, this is for all the Pirates fans. Pirates of the Caribbean was originally conceived as a walkthrough attraction, but during initial tests, it became clear that guests really didn't like walking through all that water. <laughs> uh, so, oh really, what else more can we say about this book? I think it's totally worth it and people should buy it. 
I think it is too. It's got so many jokes that are fantastic, that are topical, that in some cases you really need to know your Disney history in order to uh, get the uh, full effect. And some of them are just plain silly. Uh, over the years, riders on Dumbo the Flying Elephant have logged more air miles than have been logged on any other elephants in the world. So you kind of have to sit there for a second and go, oh, yeah, they're being completely facetious where this one is. And I've got two more to share, and then we'll then we'll close this one out. Uh, Splash Mountain was based on the Disney film Song of the South. Disney no longer allows the film to be seen, so the guests who are only familiar with the attraction will not be disappointed when they discover that the movie is not about logs. <laughs> and last one, of course, anytime you can make fun of a rather bad choice of a ride, why not? Uh... For a short time, the Rocket Rods occupied the former People Mover track. The name Rocket Rods was derived from the Latin rocket, meaning rocket, and rod, meaning... That doesn't work. <laughs> uh, great stuff. Loved it. I think we both enjoyed it. We were both texting each other, calling each other with these jokes. It was a lot of fun, and... I, Grab it. It's a great one. Oh, and I've got to repeat the title. 396 pure, unadulterated, dyed-in-the-wool, 100% made-up, completely fake Disneyland facts by Horatio Q. Liar. Sometimes it's a one. Sometimes it's a two. When you gotta go, what you gonna do? It's a bathroom break. A bathroom break. So we've been doing the bathroom breaks for a long time now since we started the show, and people always ask us, what is your favorite bathroom at Walt Disney World? And when we were going to do the live show, we planned on revealing our favorite bathrooms to the world. However, we thought it would be more hilarious to feature the bathrooms that were actually in the location we were in. So now, for our season one finale, we are going to reveal to you guys what our favorite bathrooms are. Oh, I was supposed to take it away. I was looking for an envelope, but I guess I didn't need it. Well, it's not really a prize. Oh, that's true. I mean, it could be a prize. Could, we'll mail a plaque to the bathrooms. I'll hang it up myself next time we're there. <laughs> now, we're talking about the bathrooms at the Odyssey Restaurant at Epcot, not the ones that are outside. No, no. Ones that are inside the restaurant slash we can rent this to you for a lot of money. Yes, yes. I think they're technically closed off to the public at this point. Um... But we do have photos. We do have photos of them. Um, I may use them sometimes when I'm there. I won't admit to that full out, but they're very nice restrooms. What, what we love about the restrooms the most is they are completely untouched. They've got these amazing uh, hexagonal, tagonal, hexagonal tiles. Wow, Whoa. hexagonal. That was pretty good. Um, tiles all over the walls in these muted browns and beiges all over the place. And it's just got this incredible early Epcot vibe. You can just walk in and go, yes, this is how Epcot was meant to be. Well, I mean, you can't just walk in now. You'll probably get in oh. trouble. So you can you can try to get in and check it out. Don't, like, if you get caught, we're not, don't say, like, Communicore Weekly suddenly, because, I mean, that's not going to help you. And it won't help us. But Unless it's good PR, you know, any PR is good PR. Well, that's true. There's no such thing as bad publicity. Okay, so go when you go in there, tell them that we sent you. And then yep. look for the plaque that we put on the wall. Exactly. But they are our favorite bathrooms in all of Walt Disney World. So don't ruin them.
Sometimes you might see it, sometimes you don't. Hey, look, what's that? It's a five-legged goat. Now you guys know, if you watch our time travel episode, that we're always trying to find some more Disney Doctor Who connections. Well, on our last trip, we finally found one. Didn't we, George? It was really exciting. Okay, he's not paying attention. Anyway, we found a new Disney Doctor Who connection. There is a Dalek in Tomorrowland, guys, at Walt Disney World, and it's awesome. So, if you're so brave and you stand right in front of the Stitches Supersonic Celebration stage, which I know, if you watch the show, it's kind of a chore, but luckily it's not during the show. In between shows, you could do it during the day or late at night like we did when nobody else was there, you find some uh, pretty hilarious advertisements. And seriously, whoever wrote these, th give that guy a raise because they're really funny. But anyway, another one pops up, uh, you know, it, it comes up. 15 minutes into the sequence because it's a long sequence but it's an ad for Robomart and when they're showing silhouettes of some of the robots one of them is a Dalek and it was awesome and we totally freaked out when we saw it so be sure to hang out and check it out because there is a Dalek in Tomorrowland well this is it guys we've reached the end of season one it's been a really interesting year with lots of exciting stuff that we've been through and I really can't wait to see what next season brings what about you George George? George isn't here right now, Jeff. But I just wanted to congratulate you on such a successful season. Is that Kevin Yee from Mice Age? W wait a second. Are you the one behind all those crazy photos we've been getting on Facebook? Why, yes. Yes, it is. And to help you celebrate, I've taken the liberty of sequestering George in a hidden location. Wait, what? Are, are you saying you kidnapped George? You say kidnap, I say holding against his will until you give me what I want. Tomato, tomato. Give you what you want? Well, what can you possibly want? Why, for you to turn the show over to me, of course. Uh, are you out of your mind? Why, why would I do that for? How do we even know George is safe? Well, you'll just have to trust me on that. Let's just say he's in a safe place. For now. But that can easily change. Uh, okay, okay, fine, I give. What are your demands? For starters, I will be your new co-host. And I want the show renamed. Well, I guess there really isn't anything I can do but agree. Good. Then I'm Kevin Yee. And I'm Jeff. Thanks so much for watching. We'll see you next week on... Ah, oh, man. Say it, Jeff. Ah, <sighs> we'll see you next week on Communicore Yeekly. Excellent. My plans are falling into place. <laughs> Roll the theme song. Communicore Yeekly, come on and get yeeky with five around boats and five-legged goats. Communicore Yeekly, you might get your freaking.